0: Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network, streaming live at outkick.com. Just like that, the second hour is here, and we're back with Coach Lou Holtz. Always enjoy the conversations with you, Coach. How are you?
1: Oh, I, I'm going to celebrate my 87th birthday on uh, Saturday, so I'm doing well. Congratulations.
0: Well done. Happy birthday. Happy
1: birthday. Trying to try count the years. Instead of making the year count, but in any event, I've, I've been blessed. Glad to be with you.
0: We have had a lot of change in, in college athletics, but specifically, we'll, we'll talk ball football. Uh, how would you describe the season that we've watched as we near Monday's conclusion for the national championship game?
1: Uh, sort of artificial. I, I think that uh, the playoffs uh, has been very, very good. But I, I think the NIL is bad. I think the transfer portal is bad. That's just my feeling. It no longer do you have the same team. I used to be a great baseball fan, but I stopped following the fans baseball because the players change teams so often. Now I think we had sixty-seven quarterbacks this year were transferred. You look at the top teams. You look at uh, Manic from uh, uh, who was at in Indiana now at uh, Washington. You look at Bo Nix was at Auburn and uh, now with uh, Oregon. You. You look at all of them going down the line, it just changes, it's unreal. And we forget, why do we have sports in college? We have sports in college because one of the greatest educational tools going on. You learn so much on a football field, about teamwork, about the unselfishness, about perseverance, about accepting your role, being unselfish, and now it's words of money, where can I get the most money? a lot of players are staying in college instead of turn approach because they make more money in the pros in college. They do The pros and I think it's unfair. I think it's unrealistic.
2: You started your college coaching career um, coach in 1960 and ended in 2004, 44 years. You were around the game, spent a year in the NFL also, but in those 44 years, what was the biggest change that you encountered in college football. When you compare that to the change you're talking about now we're seeing with Transfer Portal and NIL, what was the biggest change over those 44 years when you were coaching?
1: Well, when I first started to coach, and there's no limitations on coaches, there's no limitations on number of athletes you can have on scholarship. Then the NCAA came in and started saying, okay, you can only have 25 scholarships a year. You can only have nine coaches on the staff. And then when the article Title IX came in, uh, you were limited how many graduate assistants you could have. I, I'd hired a guy named uh, uh, Bill Belichick as a graduate assistant at NC State. He was with me a couple months, and the NCAA come in and said, Nope, last in, first out, you can only have so many graduate assistants. So they put all kinds of limitations on it at that time. I thought, well, it's unfair to the athletes to a certain extent, but it was good for college football. And college football thrived and survived. Now, we don't have a chairman. We don't have a head of the college football. We don't have anybody making decisions in the best interest in the long run of college football. Everything's about what's in the best interest for me now. You know, it, it was a time where coaches changed money. I, I made $95,000 at Notre Dame. And, a lot of people thought it was overpaid at that time. Uh, but now you have coaches making $10 million a year. So then the coaches start following the money. Then the players start following the money. Well, if the coaches get all that money, why can't we have money? I was in college. I never had any money. What you learn, though, is you spend your money on what you could afford, not what you wanted. Like people say, you need a haircut. I don't need a haircut. They say, go look in the mirror. I don't look in the mirror. <laughs> my wallet my wallet told me i didn't need a haircut and, and, and now we have the schools are following the money how in the world does southern cow ucla belongs in the big 10 I, that's beyond me what about the other sports what about the non-revenue sports so to speak those are as educational value as any and, and they're going to have to travel all the way across the country to play a volleyball game a women's volleyball game whatever the case may be so i just don't think we have any real direction where we're going now i i think uh the one too bad uh, i didn't like it at the time but determined the national championship by vote thought that was unfair let's have a playoff and i was doing television when the playoff came in i was one of these people said they made a mistake you can't go with four because you have five major conferences you want to be in the playoff, win your conference. That's all. Then you'll be in the playoff and go to a six or eight-man team playoff. Now we're going to 12, I, I guess. So. But who in the world is making decisions what's in the best interest of college football in the long run?
0: Chad, uh, Coach Holtz told us he just had a birthday, 87. He's the age right now where he could be president of the United States. He could be the commissioner of college football. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> why, 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 why not
2: Coach Holtz as, yeah. as commissioner?
1: Yeah, I, I we do need somebody though, that <laughs> makes the decision what's in the best interest of college athletics and, and under good, getting back to the basic values. What I'm afraid is going to happen because everybody's talking about money and a quarterback now in the transfer portal. I guess is a million and a half dollars uh, to get a good one. That what's going to happen is three is going to go the route of Alabama and Georgia, et cetera. Or they're going to go the route of uh, the Ivy league where all scholarships are based on need. And you get away from big time athletes, which I think would be a mistake, but that may be the direction we're headed.
0: Coach uh, Chad and I were talking earlier this week and he watched Chad watched a ton of bowl games. I know you did too, but he was snowed in in Nebraska for the holidays. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 bowl season right now is very hollow. You mentioned the playoff, but it, a lot of the opt outs and other issues uh, I feel like the, the most talked about bowl game, not the playoff, was the Pop-Tart Bowl because of an edible mascot. What, what, do, you look, what do you view as the, the bowl season right now? And I, the players still care. I see photos of things in the tunnel on their final game. But I don't know the, the, the fabric that the, the pageantry of bowl season is missing.
1: Oh, absolutely. The way you have to understand that so many of the bowls are sponsored by ESPN. They don't care whether they have anybody in the stands or not. They just want to have TV, uh, something to show during that time. And I do. I watched almost all the bowl games. But, you know, when I served out in coaches, you, you went to a bowl, that was special because there were only seven or eight bowls. That was it. And if you got to a bowl, you had to have been pretty good. You had to come in. Now, you have Minnesota's five and seven and gets into a bowl. Why? Because I guess their graduation rate was better. But then you have players opting out and saying, I'm not going to play, which to me is unheard of. I think it's a coach's fault also, because what we did was the first day they reported the fall. How many want to go to a bowl? You, how many of you want to go to a bowl with these stipulations? Complete dictatorship on my part. I decide where we go, when we go, how much we practice, what the gifts are going, complete dictatorship. If you don't want to go under those circumstances, then vote no. Well, right. The first day of prayer, everybody wants to go to a bowl. Yeah, put well, come in. Well, then it time. Well, i do not sure. I, I don't think I ever had a player opt out of a bowl during my entire time. We went to a bowl almost every year. But it's the point now. We're going to a bowl. is absolutely nothing. If you go 6-6, six, six, you're going to a bowl. And, and it shouldn't be that way. A bowl should be a reward for something you really accomplished that year. Somebody goes 2-7 and seven at a conference and gets to a bowl because they won three non-conference games. Now, I, I think we detract from the value of college football. But then again, ESPN's did a very good job of promoting it, putting it on TV, and so many teams go because of ESPN, no other reason.
2: Coach Ryan Day had uh, some words for you after they won at Notre Dame. Well, since then, he's lost to Michigan again, and he just lost in the Cotton Bowl 14-3. to to Missouri, and apparently, according to one of his offensive linemen, they didn't really practice leading up to that game on a podcast that has since been deleted. Would you like to say anything about Ryan Day and his football team this season?
1: Well, I I think he had a very good year. I think he's an excellent coach. His record is fantastic. He's done a great job. But I I think if you're going to win a championship, you got to be able to run the ball. When everybody in the stadium knows you're going to run the ball you got to be able to throw the ball, and everybody in the stadium knows you're going to throw the football, and you got to play defense under those same situation. Now, I happened to be at Notre Dame. That was the uh, Lose Lads or Olsen Heroes come back. Everybody played for me. I come back, and we, we have meetings etc. They do a lot of good things, and they asked me to be on the McAfee show. Well, I go over there. You know, my statue's right in the background, and and they've got all kinds of Notre Dame students. They ask me, what do you think about the game? Well, you go, oh, I think Notre Dame's going to lose. No, not in that environment. But I, I made some comments. I, I, I apologize to to Coach Freeman because I made some comments that obviously gave Ohio State an advantage. And I, I said to Coach Freeman, I feel bad because I didn't bother me when I was coaching because I could control that. Because I, I think that we're a lot tougher than them. They don't, what do you think? You're going to prove it today. But I couldn't control that. After the game, and Ohio State should not have won that game another day. They have 4th and 20 with 30 seconds to go. 4th and 20. They throw a pass. They complete it to one yard line. There's time out. Time for one play. They run the ball. They have that far to go. And lo and behold, they have to do a replay to find out if he scored or not. They rolled ahead. And we only had 10 men on the field. They said, what would you think? I said, well. And we felt that's all we needed. But in any event, I didn't think they ran <laughs> the ball physical enough. And I was being honest speaking for our. Now, when the season was over, I sat down and, and I wrote Coach Day a letter and said, you know, I apologize if I offend you. It wasn't my intention. You've done a great job. You have a great team. Good luck in the ballgame. Uh, it was the right thing to do. I, I felt that. In the circumstances, I, I do not regret saying what I did because I spoke from my heart. I earnestly believe that Ohio State was not tough enough physically. And I love Ohio State. I, I was raised in Ohio. I went to Kent State. I played football at Kent State. Our motto was, we can't read, we can't write, but we are Kent State. And, and coach there under Woody Hayes, we won the national championship. It was great fight, the team, across the field. I learned so much. And I'm an Ohio-West Virginia boy. No doubt about it. But you have to speak from your heart, and that's not Ohio State football.
0: Are are you and Coach Day now pin pals? Did he write you back?
1: Oh, no, I haven't heard back from him. I understand he's very busy. He's got a lot of other things on his mind. I I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I, I feel good on my part. I said some things that under the circumstances I don't regret, because it was that environment. An environment that caused you to make certain comments. It wasn't like I was in Ohio State's practice and I made those comments. I made it for thousands of Notre Dame students. So, so be it. You know, you you can't take words back. You can read something on a paper, you could tear it up if you printed it. But that's life. And you move on with it. I, I apologize. I can't do any more of that. But I didn't apologize because they weren't tough.
0: While we're talking coaching, is this Jim Harbaugh's final game at Michigan on Monday night?
1: Uh, it could possibly be. I, I've known Jim all since, oh, I, I don't know, 40 years. He he lived here at Lake Nona. He used to play golf with him. Matter of fact, he would still play with the Bears. It asked me to come over and watch him throw the football, et cetera. And I've gone up to Michigan on their signing date and did like a podcast with their coaches, et cetera. He's a very good coach. He's got a great football team, but he could possibly go in the NFL. I know that, uh, when he went to, uh, uh, I, he started out at, at San Diego university, not San Diego state, San Diego, the Toreros
2: of San Diego, he, I believe. Yes.
1: He was interested in the job. He asked if I could help. So, at that time, I just left Notre Dame, so I called the president of San Diego with a great recommendation, and she took my call because, you know, I associated with Notre Dame at that time, and uh, he got the job, and I followed him, and then he I ended up at Stanford, did a great job, and then he ended up 49. But I do know that his wife is a West Coast girl, loves the West Coast, <laughs> prefers to stay there, but I don't, I haven't talked to him in a while, he's done a tremendous job, right? but there's something about you have the college national championship, and if he wins that, uh, it would entice him to stay to enjoy the fruits of his labor. However, after that, for the next month, it's nothing but pro football. You, you take it uh, this weekend, they're going to determine who's going to make the playoff. Then they go in the playoff, and all of a sudden, they go to the Super Bowl, and you have two weeks of All that publicity and everything, the Super Bowl's the ultimate. It it is now. It wasn't 20 years ago. But now, if you're in college, you're sitting there and watching all that, I think there's a good chance that he would. But Michigan's very smart. The athletic director we try to recruit at Notre Dame is a teammate around West out of New Orleans, uh, Emmanuel, a great guy, uh, has done a tremendous job. But they want to give him a long-term contract and say – no NFL. There ain't going to be any NFL on it. You know, you make that decision now, and and I'm not sure that uh, he would be happy going back. He's going to look at it and say, you know, I go to Michigan, and I know this, I'm going to win eight games. I'm going to win eight games. I'm going to beat so-and-so, so-and-so. And the pros, you may not win eight games in your entire career because it's so equal, and every week it's something different. So this could be, his last year, I know the last year uh, during the Super Bowl week, I think it was, he was interviewing for the head coaching job in the NFL. And, and I think with the way college football is today. I, I think that would be very tempting with the NIL and the transfer portal. And, uh, Alabama has nine players entered the transfer portal. What in the world is going on? You don't get in a better situation or with a better coach than Nick Taben. It's just crazy. So all these things enter into it. Plus, he'll listen to his wife and she'll have a big say in it. And she should have.
0: Coach Lou Holtz with us on Hot Might with Hunt and Withrow here at Outkick. Um uh, uh, JJ McCarthy, Harbaugh's quarterback at Michigan, had said the players did things the right way related to the the cheating scandal and sign stealing and what have you. Uh I the big discussion, Chad and I have had, Coach, is you know I'm going to view Harbaugh a certain way. I think he knew. I don't know necessarily if the players would have known how signs were being distributed or, or, or obtained. Uh, am I am I dumb for thinking that way? Or do you agree with McCarthy that that everyone's doing this? They stepped up their ways of doing it, and the players did things the right way.
1: Well, that's a normal thing where everybody else is doing it, so it's all right. I, I know that there was a time where you could go scout. And When I first got into coaching, I would go scout the opponent. Uh, then they said, no, you can't scout because it's a cost-saving figure, and instead we'll change all the films, and there'll be absolutely no scouting. So to go and send somebody to scout, if he went at the expense of an alum or the university, that's completely wrong. I, I'm not sure how much that helped, although there were times where they showed pictures of The Michigan players would all turn to the sideline at the same time. Not always the Michigan sideline, sometimes the opposing team sideline, but it's not right. It, It really And, you know, they have the rules and regulations in golf. As I got older and weaker, I had a tendency to roll the ball over the rough, et cetera. And finally, a very good friend of mine said, Do you enjoy cheating your friends? And he was absolutely right. And I, from that time on, I played it just like it's a golf tournament, played his that. But I, I I don't know enough about it to make a comment, but if they knew about it, it was wrong, uh, they penalized uh, the coach. I'm not sure that he knew what was going on. Because the head coach doesn't always know everything is going on with all the other coaches are doing, et cetera, all the time. Now you're responsible for what they do all the time, but... Uh, it was wrong. It did give an advantage, but the fact they're down the championship game puts everything else to the side.
0: The story of Washington and playing for the national title, 10 straight games, uh, 10 games this season where they've won by 10 or less, games that have been decided by 10 or less. And here they are. Uh, once again, the underdog, they've played that role very well this year, unbeaten. What's the matchup look like on Monday night? How do they beat Michigan?
1: Well, I, I think if Penix has another day like he had last week, I mean, he made some incredible throws deep, no doubt about it. I I was not surprised with Watson's success because early in the year, they were a very, very good defensive football team. And Penix made some great throws, but they almost lost the game because a player got injured. <laughs> That's, well, we're on this. That drives me crazy. Yeah, People lay on the doggone ground. They call timeout. They put TV on them, They carry him off the field. The next play is back in the game. That's stupid. To me, I, I said to the player, you're injured. If you're injured, then what I want you to do, I want you, if you happen to be injured, I want you to crawl off the field. If you can't crawl off the field, we'll bring the golf cart over. We'll put you in the ambulance. We'll take you to the board. That's stupid every day. And they almost lost the game because the player was injured. And they could have run it down to 20 seconds and punted the ball instead of putting it with a minute to go. But that's all part of life. Michigan is a very good football team. Pennix throws the ball very well. But I think Michigan's too balanced. I think they're good on offense. They run the ball very, very well. I think McCarthy's the most underrated quarterback in the entire country. He's a great leader. He throws the ball very well. I think Corb's an outstanding running back. Their offensive line very good. Defensively, their secondary plays very, very well. And more importantly, they play the ball in the air very, very well. I don't think if will have great success throwing deep on a consistent basis like he did against the University of Texas. But I think if Michigan can run the football, control the game like they like to against Ohio State, against uh, Penn State, then I think Michigan prevails. I know I don't think anybody should be a five-point favorite in the championship game when both teams are undefeated. Both teams come out of great confidence. And Washington had a great win. They beat Oregon twice. I, I surprised me. I thought Oregon would beat them the second time. But let, let's give uh, Washington an awful lot of credit. Give uh, Manning took an awful lot of credit. He did a great job when he was in Indiana. Though he was injured. As a matter of fact, he made them a very, very good football team. And then he ends up at Washington. But once again, here we go, the transfer portal. We don't have a commissioner. Nobody can make a decision what's in the best interest of college football 10 years from now. It's all what's in my best interest now.
0: Coach Lou Holtz has been our guest. Hey, uh, anytime you're on the show, you can pop out the, the wooden pipe, the, the church warden pipe, anytime you want to, coach. You got that, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Feel free. <laughs> yeah. Don't hold back from us. i,
1: I tell you this I, I spoke the pipe. For sixty years now, I'm 25 years old. Never smoked a cigarette or cigar in my life. We go on our honeymoon and had no money, and we're down there. And then some wife said, "We well, need to get something to remember." And I said, "No, I no. Maybe. She goes and buys me a <laughs> pipe and tobacco for fifty six cents. I started smoking it. I smoked it for the next sixty years. And she wanted me to give it up. And I said, "Beth, I, I I don't abuse you verbally or physically. I don't." Drink to excess and don't gamble and don't run around now which one of those vices you want me to take and replace the pipe you want me to <laughs> have an affair have, have the
0: it's her choice right it's yeah. her choice yeah you it's gave her a choice. choice you're again it's amazing if you if you need it you grab it any time coach hey we uh we you're appreciate, the man, the coach. Visit. We appreciate yeah, you every this, time let's do this again soon
1: well, thank you for having me. I'm just an old man that has trouble putting two sentences together. I guess the president and I have an awful lot in common, I guess.
0: <laughs> coach, Lou Holtz, uh, always uh, great. Mic drop. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Coach. Thank you. Hot Mike with Honey Withrow rolls on across the Outkick network, and you can stream the show live right now exclusively. Outkick.com is where we're streaming the show, and you can catch up post-show on YouTube. All you got to do, Outkick.com, you click the Watch tab, and we will be live each afternoon, 4 o'clock Eastern start time. and You can catch all of the shows there in 2024 and beyond. Just hit the Watch tab, and you'll be... uh, at your one-stop shop for all live Scroll content. Scroll
2: over a bit. You'll find ours. Yep. Click on that. You can
0: watch the Click show. watch live. And then you can also go to all the, uh, the archive program. there. Uh, we say hello to Ryan Leaf as I pause. So he sits down. Always, uh, always great. Hey, uh, Ryan, good to see you, man. Hope you're well. Good to see you guys, too. Happy New Year. Same, same to you. Same to you. Uh, so I go Cougs, right? But you told us last week you're, you're rooting for Washington. Well, I'm not rooting, well, but you you, well, know, you, I expect, okay. I won't expect go that far. Them to win. Hey, I'll I raise my them. hand.
2: I, I'm rooting for Washington. Well, me I'll too. be the first to say. Me too. I think it's a great story. I
0: hope they win it. Uh, right. I won't say you're rooting, but you did mention them by name. How about that? Is that fair?
3: Well, I, I, I think they're the national champ. I think they're the best football team in America. So, yeah. Why? I, I, I thought they were the best football team in America when the season started. So this hasn't changed my opinion of them. Um, if they die like dogs uh, on Monday night, I'm I'm cool with that too. But I mean, they're the best football team. They are the best quarterback in the country, uh, so that's that should give them a really good opportunity to win a championship.
0: Speaking of dogs, though, why why have the the consensus? Why have we and Chad and I? Chad picked Washington preseason, Pennix, Heisman, everything. Why have has the consensus doubted Washington so much?
3: I don't know. There, there you know, there is a narrative regardless uh once it gets started it uh it, it is never let go and what for, for whatever reason pac 12 football has been considered secondary in and haven't been the tournament haven't made uh um you know haven't excelled in in the in, in the in the playoff all the things and uh it's continuously written about i mean i'm telling you right now you had talking heads that on january 2nd um we're speaking about michael Penix jr be, because it was the first time they'd ever seen him yes ever
0: yep and
3: uh and i just I, I asked asked the question I mean, what are you watching i mean you the work you're doing the business you're in i've watched every snap of every professional football game this year so if we're doing these jobs we better know what the heck we're talking about and he's been the best quarterback in college football over the last two years he was the best quarterback in the pac-12 last year he was better than caleb williams this year he was the best quarterback in the country again, and you know no one no one watches, and uh, everybody got to see him in the national semifinal. And I don't know if I've seen a better quarterback, more accurate down the field. It it almost looks like he just runs down the field forty or fifty yards and places it like a little baby in the arriving arms of a parent. <laughs> uh, that's how accurate he is down the field, and and he's got a ton of confidence right now. And and Michigan has not seen an elite passer like this the entire year. He's he's a stork.
2: Yeah, he. Really, that's a good nickname for him, actually. Michael Penix, yep. the stork. Yep. He, throwing versus passing, right? We hear so much, Ryan, about arm talent, about arm strength. People don't use those terms to describe Michael Penix Jr., but I watch him and I think he is an expert passer of the football. Catchable balls to his receivers at all time. As you yep. said, perfectly laying it out there, that translates the NFL, right? Last time I checked, that could translate to an NFL team, but it's not been Penix that we've been talking about as the top overall pick or a top 10 pick. Is that going to change?
3: Uh, I mean, he goes out and performs like Joe Burrow did in the 2019 run, like he has in the first one. Yeah, that probably will change. It won't be a surprise to me. I think he's the best quarterback in this year's draft. I think he should be the first overall pick. I hope he isn't, um, because you know it most likely is going to be a place that uh, that Chicago trades to. That is a um, bad football team. I'd love for him to kind of fall in a place like uh, where Hendon Hooker did in the third round, or maybe even uh, Will Levis. You know, um, in the second round, so he doesn't have to wear the first round around with him. But I also know that he's going to be a great you know NFL quarterback. So. Uh, I think he's a guy that can change, change narratives. Um, It's also been pretty evident that he's very comfortable with Ryan Grubb, his offensive coordinator and Kalen DeBoer and what they do offensively. He's very comfortable with that. And, uh, um, and and he's been really good for the last two years in that system. I think a lot of people thought, um, you know, the young Heward Heward kid was going to be the, it was the five-star kid coming out was going to win that job and this, Transfer from Indiana by the name of Michael Penix Jr. You know, in the eyes of a lot of people, kind of came out of nowhere, and it's been his job and his team, and uh, they've been they haven't lost since I think October of 2022, uh, and uh, and Monday night's going to be a, a coronation is what it's going
0: to be. I, I just sitting here thinking about it, he's a first round version of Stetson Bennett to me, not from the tallies, t- more talented, the first round version, but like the they they're no hype, not, not a true belief. You mentioned not really watching him all that much. Uh, and here he yeah. is in the college football playoff, putting up numbers. Stetson did that, uh, taking his team to unbeaten seasons. Stetson did that. Like the, there's a very odd similarity to how we latch on to guys uh, after doubting them. And he's certainly been doubted.
3: Yeah, this you know, there's just there's just the narrative of stories that uh, I I you know got into it with somebody on the, online today about the Caleb Williams conversation. Right? There's a there's a there's a narrative out there that. He said that he, whatever team he goes to, he wants equity in the team. That he will, you know, veto any draft yeah. team that drafts him. And so, none of that stuff's true. So, whoever's spilling that nonsense out there, none of that's true. It none, it's never been said. It's been written by people who want to have hot takes and things like that, and then talked about. So, n- the narrative is that Washington is is, and you and you saw Booger McFarlane at ESPN get up and talk about how. Washington isn't a physical football team and I don't know what you didn't see on on uh you know New Year's Day night but that is one of the most physical football teams I've ever seen put on a football field I mean they ran it down their throat when they had to uh they blocked like crazy they're just a very defense was you know got after the quarterback and made things a, a living hell for pointers and in, in Texas so yeah they're they're just not viewed people do not watch him for whatever reason and i think that's going to shift and that's going to change because they're going to be in the big 10 and there comes with it a narrative of what big 10 football is in comparison to what the pack 12 football was
2: ryan and when they're running it down at an oppo- opponent's throat it's usually with dylan johnson at running back yep. i felt awful for him the injury could not get himself off the turf to make his way off the field And that entire last drive for Texas, I'm thinking, please don't end this way because you know that would have been on his mind the whole time, right? That 30 seconds that he cost his team because he was legitimately hurt and we see people fake injuries all the time. He was not faking it. That could have cost them a chance at the national championship. It was crazy to watch all that unfold.
3: Yeah, but you got to lay that at the feet of Kalen DeBoer, too. I mean, the series before on third down and goal, they roll Pe- Michael Penix Jr. out and he tosses it out of bounds instead of just like sliding to the ground. They're going to kick the field goal regardless. Just slide down. That makes Texas use their second time out. And then on that final drive, after you've attempted, I get it. You, you know, you're you trying to run the clock out. You're trying to get the first down to end the game. But after you run it the first two times, that third time, you're not getting it. Sweat's right in the middle. Uh, you're not going to get the six or seven yards you need. Just just have Michael Penix Jr. take a knee. Uh, you know this is 16 measly seconds it would have been. And also, I'm sorry, Dylan Johnson. You have to know the situation. I don't care how hurt you are. You yell at your teammates to carry you off that field, or you get up and you hobble off as fast as you can. I mean, that's something as a quarterback we're saying in the huddle. Like if you are banged up here on this play, you got to get your get your tail off the field because. Uh, it, it is a terrible rule, and it's one that's going to have to be addressed, certainly. But you cannot sit there and lie there. I just don't think they're aware. And that's something that goes into this Kaitlin DeBoer-Ryan Grubb offense. It's like all gas, no breaks, all the time. And sometimes you get lost in the mindset of like, we're always trying to go for broke. We don't care. We're going to throw it here when we shouldn't. You look at that other series where they threw three consecutive times when they went up by 10. And it, 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 they just it, they've been successful doing that, so it's hard to criticize them. But we're talking about a chance at a national championship, and if C. Sarkeesian had any more faith in, in Quinn U- Ewers down at the 12-yard line, they would have thrown the ball into the end zone four times on those last drive, and it would have put them in a lot of jeopardy. They should have probably lost that game because of some of the decision making by the coaching staff, and ultimately what Dylan Johnson did on that uh, on that third down uh, run.
0: Ryan Leaf with us. You can check out the Straight Line Pod available wherever you download your audio, and check him out uh, on on the streaming access as well, and uh, on on social at Ryan D. Leaf. Uh, from the Michigan view, uh, instead of just the sign-stealing saga that everyone's discussing, and that's, that's fair, um, from the, the coaching aspect, Ryan, when, when you see a Jim Harbaugh coach team, this, this Michigan team, J.J. McCarthy, the veteran QB that's been there, right, that calm, cool, and collected, what do you think of when you watch this football team play and the coach behind it? The, the fourth and two, you know, the momentum swing of that moment compared to what they were doing, and what happened after that for the Wolverines?
3: I think they're always going to be an incredibly disciplined team, and I'm going to say they're going to be one of the most competitive football teams out there. I, I played with Jim. He was my backup in San Diego. I know how competitive he is and what he'll do to try to gain an advantage and, and win, and they did. They finally won uh, a college football playoff game, and uh, really happy for him. Um, there's just something to the season of destiny thing for Washington. But Michigan certainly um, plays great defense, um, you know, and runs the football in his physical. I think this game sets up for just an absolute, uh, you know, barn burner of a, of a matchup. I mean, the strength of Michigan is their defense. The strength of Washington is their offense. uh, And then it's whoever, you know, ultimately makes a mistake on, on the, the defensive side for Washington or the offensive side uh, for Michigan, but they're going to run the football. And I I think it's going to be an exciting football game, but, but yeah, Michigan's going to be physical and they're going to be competitive. That's, that's they're, they're made in the image of their head coach and Jim Harbaugh is that guy.
0: Are you hearing what we're thinking and discussing on the show that Harbaugh is the next head coach for the chargers?
3: I, you know, I, I, you never know. I, I would, I would hope that he would want to stay and win a championship. If you were to get, you know, get to the championship game, like he has only to lose it a second time, like he did in the super bowl. I I, I think that he regrets not, you know, finding a way to, to fight through the, the, the NFL side of things and, and get a championship. And if that were to happen in college, I think he would probably, he knew he knows he has the best chance to do it at Michigan. I mean, you know, he can corner the market on recruits. The, they have the NIL and the, the ability to keep guys there and, um, and he has a better chance of winning a championship there than he does at the NFL level. But I, I assume if he wins a championship at, at Michigan, then yeah, I think he'll he'll look outside uh, towards the NFL. And um, I mean, the Chargers seem like a a good fit. You know, they have a franchise quarterback. They have studs on defense. But, you know, they still haven't found a coach that can win with Justin Herbert yet. And that's that's got to be troubling. How come they haven't... I mean, Kellen Moore was seen as a... a you know, a quarterback guru. And he almost, you know, returned him to what he looked like his rookie year at the beginning. You know, it, it it just didn't seem to fit. So I don't know what to think of it. I don't know, you know, where the chargers are in the list of, of jobs that you, you know, truly want. I think Jim Harbaugh probably sits in that moment and goes, yeah, if I have Justin Herbert at the helm, I can win a championship. I know that for sure.
0: You mentioned toughness with Harbaugh's teams. Justin Herbert's tough playing through the rib injuries and things that we've seen over the course of the last couple of seasons. Ryan Leaf with us. Uh, Bills-Dolphins match up for the AFC East title. Uh, Bills beat them earlier in the season. Dolphins are banged up. They've lost players uh, moving forward. And, well, Buffalo, they've been winning in different ways. I, I like Buffalo's chances if they get to the postseason. I think they're built to win on the road because they can win in different ways. Allen hasn't been playing great. They still win. I think that's key. Meanwhile... You know, there, there's just certain things that have to happen for, for Miami. Most of the time, it does happen. And when it doesn't, they're losing by 18 to 20 points or you know, busted like they did last week. What do you make of this matchup? And what does it say if Buffalo ultimately comes back to win the division, Ryan? Uh,
3: before the season started, uh, when I was going through the win totals, you know, making my picks and stuff, I, I circled this game. Uh, week 18, Buffalo at Miami. I said this would be for the division. And when I made the pick then, I picked the Miami Dolphins to win the division, Buffalo to be the sixth or the seventh seed, ultimately come from the back end and play Baltimore in the AFC Championship to get to the Super Bowl. That's the way I saw it. I don't think they're going to get in uh, if they lose this game. And they're going to know because it's the Sunday night football matchup. Yeah, they're going to know yeah. what they need to do. That's good point. Everything's going to have played out. They'll know exactly whether or not they have to win to win Uh, The East and get into the champion, get into the tournament. Miami's already in, you know, realistically, outside of the idea of getting the two seed and knowing you probably get two home playoff games versus the six seed, which means you're going to have to go to Kansas City. uh, um, That's a big deal. You know, you don't want to go to Arrowhead. You would rather host, uh, you know, whoever it is, the Houston Texans or whoever uh, ends up in the seven seed there. So that's and and then have a, a say in kicking out the bills uh, for the playoffs. I just don't think they 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 get it done. I think the bills, to your point, are made for playoff type of football, and this is a playoff game. It's going to be about physical running the football now. Mike McDaniel can take what he did in in San Francisco in his running game and really utilize that with Moster being back and A-chan, uh that in in, in limit possessions. Uh, you know the game could get pretty interesting, um, but I, I I'm I think the, I'm with you. I think the Bills get it done when the East uh, for the fourth consecutive year, and then you know with the two seed, if can you imagine that that they get the two seed out of that, either the two seed or out completely. How crazy is that? Uh, they get to host two playoff games, and uh, that's a big deal. You telling me that teams coming to Orchard Park yeah. in the uh, hold like it was in the good old days. That's that's a big deal um, at the two seed taking on the likes of the Texans or the Colts or Steelers or whoever finds a way to get in at at seven and then most likely hosting the Kansas City Chiefs to get to the AFC championship. And you never know. Cleveland has beat Baltimore before in uh, in Baltimore. So you never know. Buffalo could be hosting the AFC championship,
0: too. I think it's going to be tougher to go through Orchard Park than Arrowhead, Chad, uh, this year if you're deep into the postseason.
2: Ryan, I want to go a little bit outside the box with you here. A new segment called Ryan Leaf Program Puppeteer. Okay, <laughs> You get to pull the strings on what should happen with this college okay. program. What do you do at Iowa if you're Kirk Ferentz offensively at offensive coordinator with the season you just had but knowing that you somehow miraculously won 10 games the way they did, knowing that you have a, an identity with tight ends and the way you play the game, but you're not scoring points? Do you go outside the box and go different with an offensive coordinator hire? Do you just try to tweak things that you've already been doing with this next hire? How how do you go about this?
3: Well, you have to look at this. Um, Are you going to be able to beat the likes of Washington, Oregon, USC, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State? Are you going to be able to beat those teams with the offense that you run? Or even with a little bit of a shift of an offense that you run? answer is no, you're not going to. So, yes, Kerr is going to have to go outside the box. I don't know what that ultimately looks like, um, but I would uh, I would raid uh, the inventive minds of the best NFL head coaches and maybe some of their assistants or analysts that are on the staffs that are running and doing all the work uh, very um Reminiscent to, to what Kentucky did by going and getting their offense coordinator from Sean McVay and how successful they were with Will Levis before he tried to go back to L.A. and and, and returned again this year. So um, I, I would probably go there. I would uh, I would tell him to do that. I don't think he will. He's too old school. He tries to stay with everything. I also think that, uh, you know, um, if I was building a program, I, I would I would probably as an athletic director say, uh, hey, Kurt, um, you know, Lifetime Achievement Award, man, awesome. Yep. Uh, go, go, go! Sit on that boat, drink that Coors Light. Uh, we're gonna get somebody in here that's gonna score forty points a game. I'm sorry, we're just gonna do that. Good luck, sir. And that's that's how I would change that because you are sitting in a place like James Franklin is in a very tough spot. He could, for the all his years at Penn State, sit right there because hey, he could win ten games. They never would be Ohio State or or Michigan, uh, but they were good enough. Now the Big Ten's adding some real, they they possibly could be adding the national champion here this year. So you better understand there's going to be a lot of pressure on a lot of guys in the Big Ten because of some of these teams that have been added this year. To
2: your point, Ryan, against the three ranked opponents on Iowa's schedule, they lost 92 to nothing combined. Yep. Wow. Against their only three ranked opponents this past season. It wouldn't get any better playing
0: Oregon or Washington. Nope. That's for sure. Hey, uh, or USC, or or, or, USC can score some hey, points. Uh, yeah, good, you got a great point there. Uh, hey, five, and and, and,
3: and, and Iowa not going to score any. So I mean, I mean that seems like a, a pretty easy win for uh, it for, was. Uh, it too.
2: was fourteen to nothing Tennessee at halftime in that Citrus Bowl, and I'm getting texts from everyone saying game's over. <laughs> you could just take a it knee was. the rest of the it game. Was. They're not going to score fourteen yeah. points no matter how long
0: uh, you play. People are nervous about taking the under at that point. Yeah, you know? that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, final thing, right? Uh, resting Lamar Jackson in week 18 would you do it given the fact that you're taking two weeks off in the afc and right now baltimore is clicking on all cylinders
3: i made that point on good morning football this morning like you know it seems like they're the team that you know just clicks week in week out and i'm a little fearful of that last time they had the one seed he was the mvp of the league which was like he's going to be the mvp once again and they got upset by tennessee and so he's 1 and 3 as a starter in the playoffs. That's a that is the one thing that's weighing him down right now. I just think the team is so good. For as good as that 2019 team was, it was really all about Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying that this team isn't but this defense for for the Ravens yes. and the guys that have stepped up. This this is a this is a team, not just Lamar Jackson. This is an entire team and that's what to me, sets them apart, and I feel pretty comfortable with Snoop Huntley starting this game. In fact, a lot of the backup starting uh, and playing a ton, allowing these guys some really good rest, and hopefully there's not a lot of rust when they kick them off and and take on who I think is most likely going to be the Cleveland Browns in the divisional
0: round in a couple weeks. I I really like Cleveland. Uh, Speaking of uh, Flacco, people are going to The only thing
3: I'm worried about is you go look at their turnover margin. Their quarterback position has turned it over, more than anybody out there uh and that's along the lines of the new york jets uh they're higher than the new york jets in terms of turnovers by the uh by the quarterback position so you know when you get to the playoffs flacco you can't go out and throw three touchdowns and three picks you just can't You're got, you're gonna get beat that way unfortunately so we'll see how that plays out but you're definitely right if they walk through a jacksonville or whoever wins the afc south you you go into a divisional game. I don't care who it is. You've won in Baltimore before. You yep. get that one, and all of a sudden, you're you're in an AFC championship. So, um,
0: you know, defense and, I guess, Old Man River uh, wins in the playoffs. We'll find out. Ryan, always great to catch up with you, man. Hope the family's doing well. Happy New Year to you and and everyone under the roof, and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right. I got the
3: FCS championship game down in uh, Frisco here on Sunday. We'll do Grizz in the uh, – uh jack rabbits everybody first my first national championship i get to call somebody they need to
0: uh, see i they should play that in the snow somewhere i don't know they just i I, I I think of that game and i think of snow
2: well that setting in montana that one photo that that i saw of the mountain that basically breaks out of the end zone Mm. beautiful one of the more remarkable scenes i've seen in college football
3: it's one of the most amazing venues uh ever built uh um really built by dave dickinson he was the Walter Payton Award winner. He was my like, mentor. He was a kid who grew up like a block and a half from me, College Football Hall of Famer. Uh, he built the University of Montana football, and, uh, and it's just been great since. And get a chance to call the national championship on Sunday, so I'm
0: excited for that. We'll catch that. Ryan, thank you, man. You bet, guys. Have a good night. Yep, Ryan Leaf, their Straight Line Pod. Check that out. And, oh, if you get the chance to check out that game, he's great uh, as, as the uh, commentator there. Uh, analyst
2: no idea that his mentor built that stadium by the way when Uh, i brought that up so i'm glad that i I brought it up so we could learn that
0: uh shop.outkick.com bring that up on the browser and you can get the uh, great options polos hats t-shirts sweatshirts and more all of the gear shop.outkick.com uh tomorrow morning check out outkick the morning with charlie arnold eight o'clock eastern each day and She had the chance to catch up with Trevor Bauer, who was at uh, Fox headquarters today, Chad. And he's discussing the changes that he's made over the years uh, since the the record suspension in Major League Baseball. And he's not wanted to be painted a victim. He wants to be painted as someone who's working to get back in Major League Baseball.
2: And I'm a business owner now. I have employees. I've learned a lot of lessons through management that uh, I can't imagine what I would what my reaction would be if uh, an employee of mine came out publicly and said some of the things about me that I said about Rob Manfred, the CEO of baseball. So, um, yeah, I look back on those comments with a lot of uh, embarrassment and regret, and um, you know that certainly made the situation a lot harder on me than than it needed to be. And I'm trying to repair all those relationships. I'm trying to have those conversations with people. Uh, I've made those adjustments in my personal life. Um, just trying to do the second half of my career better than I did the first half
0: former Cy Young winner, got a huge payday from L.A. They paid him to leave uh, whenever the suspension was reduced. But, yeah, he's, he's going to be back in.
2: Someone is going to need a starting pitcher yes. enough where he'll be back
0: in. And I he's agree. more than that. You know, he's, he's, he's out – he's outworn his welcome at several stops. But, I mean, behind the scenes, I like all the stuff behind the scenes with him with the uh, the footage for the vlog and everything he was doing. MLB doesn't really like that. They like when he's on the mound. They like that in Cincinnati well, they do. and beyond. They do.
2: I'll say this about Trevor Bauer, too. There's not a ton of teammates coming to his defense. And we right. had Michael McHenry on, and he does not hold back on. Guy's not a good teammate. Well, that he's. He, they didn't like the show he was doing. Right. There's other things about him that he's got some immaturity issues because that was telling to me that – Usually when you're a good teammate and well-liked, there's a lot of people coming to your defense. Yes. When things like that happen, and what did we hear when those false allegations, mind you, were levied against him? Crickets Mm -hmm. from people who played with him and coached him. So he's got to correct that. What was done to him was definitely an injustice that I don't wish upon anyone. But when he returns to Major League Baseball, he also needs to
0: work on correcting the issues that had him at odds with so many people he played with. More of that discussion uh, with with Bauer uh, tomorrow on Outkick the Morning with Charlie Arnold. Uh, Chad, Tyreek Hill, house caught on fire, left practice to go home. Uh, Family totally fine, but it was caused by a a child playing with a lighter. Um, Children should not have lighters.
2: You know, the the old adage, don't play with matches, don't play with fire. Um, Someone needs to be uh, attentive and alert and watch the children allow, uh, around lighters and not keep lighters around them within arm's reach. I'm not blaming negligence on right. uh, you know, caregivers here because things happen. I have two young children myself. I understand that things do happen, but don't let kids play with fire. That's the lesson that we learned here from Tyreek Hill.
0: Yep. Uh, Davey was on fire. He's crushing it in the uh, eliminator, the NFL eliminator. Did I just take my victory lap now? Yeah, go ahead. You're the only one you, left.
2: I did I pick last week? No, you, you, you were, were already out.
0: eliminated, so we didn't even oh, I, uh, ask you. How,
1: how? Well we had to make, we one? had to make it one with just a couple of weeks yeah, left. And then oh. I lost. I, I took
0: I took Philly against Arizona and lost.
1: I, it's tough. I take this moment to <laughs> thank you guys for not putting up much of a fight throughout the season.
0: Yes. Um, I took Houston t- twice, too many times.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. It's uh it feels good. I don't know what my my prize will be. Also on the Tyreek Hill stuff, uh, it it seems like he's not the type of person that's going to have great supervision. While he's got the money, he did just welcome two children from different baby mamas that are not his fiance. So, uh, maybe maybe do a better job about having who's looking after your kids, Tyreek.
2: Yeah, um, he he was at practice, so he wasn't the one watching, but I don't see that as... Him having the best people left behind, maybe to watch. Well, but okay, i, I I'll benefit of for
0: the doubt here. The complex, the the home is not this little two bedroom home where you can keep an eye. This is a it's a chateau. It You're is, saying
2: the kid may have gotten into the west, the east wing of the home, yes, and gotten away from everyone.
0: Uh, yes, I mean it's it's possible. It's a massive spot. You get a hold of a lighter. I'm sure, Tyree's got those for obvious reasons. Back at it tomorrow. Hot Hunt bike Hunter Withrow. 4 o'clock Eastern.